What's up, patrons? Welcome back to Exhaust. I'm here with return guest, default friend, aka Cat D. And we're about to discuss some some millennial canon shit today. We're talking about three movies that in a separate conversation we realized were like deeply spiritually connected. And that is Napoleon Dynamite, Scott Pilgrim, and Juno. Sorry, I think lightning just struck my house, which feels weirdly like corny in the way that these movies are. Oh my God, lightning struck yeah, your house. Yeah. yeah, all the devices are turning on and off around me. It's sort of like, but because I'm in, I'm in South Florida right now and the walls are a very bright, abrasive color. They're, and I don't know, the palm trees, the lights <laughs> flickering. There's something very, very film-like about it. Yeah, man. How are you guys going to get hit hard? Do you think or what? I don't think so. I think I think we're actually going to miss it. We're just going to get some bad rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the I remember like you know like right before and even in the eye of the hurricane, people running out into the streets with like bed sheets and little kids just like floating off the ground in Florida. I've never seen anything like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Or I didn't see that actually. That was something I was hanging out with friends in Gainesville and they were talking to me about doing that when they were kids. And I was like, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, I've, I've seen some weird hurricane shit. Like one time a palm tree flew through my window when I was a kid, but yeah, I, I think I actually think the rain just stopped. All right. Just in time. Well, sorry for derailing the conversation. No, that's Um, fine. It's it's perfect and exciting. So let me just like intro why we started talking about this. I had rewatched Jennifer's body the other day, which was written by Diablo Cody who wrote Juno. And one of the things that struck me is like, first of all, like when one character makes fun of another for getting abortions (laughs) in high school. And I was like, this is like a thing with Diablo Cody because that's like what Juno is about. And I was like, she is like low key, the like pro life hipster indie movie writer, auteur. And you were like, I wonder if anybody's written anything about that. And then I went and found an article from a few years ago, really terribly written. That was sort of about Diablo Cody reflecting on Juno and her being like, I'm the most pro-choice person in the world. When I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about politics at all. Basically, she says, I was just thinking about writing a really good script. And there's a discussion of a scene where the Juno character, and we'll get into this, like, goes to an abortion clinic and an anti-abortion protester is a classmate tells her that her fetus probably has fingernails at this point. And that seems to trigger something in her where she's like, all right, I'm going to keep the baby. And I was like, yep, it is hard to read this scene. Like pretty much any other way. Like it just really seemed like Diablo Cody retconning, you know, <laughs> the early 2010s after 2016 to make sure she's still in like, the good team. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of that. I think you know, watching watching all three of these movies. May, I don't. I think I was aware at the time. You know, a lot of people who were, were making peace with their sort of like 
Midwestern evangelical or, you know, the case of Napoleon Dynamite, Mormon upbringings and sort of trying to find this happy medium between like the new like liberal way to live in, you know, New York or wherever, like Chicago, and then the old way to live. And mm-hmm. I, this comes through in all three films. And you see it where they, they like each each film has like a very confused relationship with sex. that I think like leans liberal, but in this way where it's like, we know how we were raised and what we're doing, you know, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, so obviously the most chaste of them all is unsurprisingly the like two hours of Mormon excellence that is Napoleon Dynamite. You know um, what? I I don't need, I don't think so necessarily. I think I think that Napoleon Dynamite actually is it it's they're all I think Scott Pilgrim is probably the most out there, right? But yeah, Napoleon Dynamite yeah, and Juno actually go neck neck to neck, which again, like I think I did realize the, the first, you know, the first few times I watched it in I don't know, 2004, 2005, but it became very clear watching it back to back with Juno. Yeah, I mean, it's well, the Uncle Rico character is like such a cad and so creepy and like sort of like the tragic heart of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And then like, so it's it's sort of like Napoleon Dynamite has that thing where it's like the creepy uncle trope is like very forward in it. And then in Juno, you have teen pregnancy. And then in Scott Pilgrim, you have like it opens up with his character like dating a 16 year old. And I was like, wow, we're starting here. Like talk about shit you could not do today. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, all three films serve as sort of a reminder, you know, it it was never not frowned upon, but you could get away with being creepy to teenage girls then in a way that you really can't now. And, you know, it reminded me of, I, so I rewatched Friends recently mm. and, you know, they make a lot of weird incest jokes. And even if you look at like old Nickelodeon shows, there's a lot of very weird sexual humor that I think was actually mirrored in the real world because it's like a lot of people are shaping their social interactions by film, you know, by TV. And like people, I I wouldn't be surprised if people thought, you know, certain things were okay just because they saw it reflected in media, which sounds like such like a boomer sort of like backwards thing mm. to say, but just like, you know, like some someone in at my high school, she was a senior when I was a freshman, she was dating a 30 year old. And I remember like knowing that was an option as young as 14. And it was like, yeah. it was wrong, but it was wrong in the same way that like smoking weed is wrong. Today, <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if my, if, you know, if my daughter was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm dating a 30 year old anywhere between the ages of 14 and 17, frankly, up until I think like 21, 22, I'd be like, excuse, like you're, you're being molested? Like, I mean, like, what are you yeah. telling me? Like, yeah. what the fuck well, that's is going the, on? That's what's so weird about also in Juno is Juno's best friend, a played by Olivia Thurlby, who I went to Burning Man with in 2011. Just like a side note, I was having like weird flashbacks of that while like <laughs> watching that movie. Her whole thing is that she is like hot for the older like male teacher at their high school. And he's not like young fit square jaw hot he's like kind of pudgy with a beard and a sweater vest older guy 
And then there's like the relationship between Juno and the husband of Jennifer, Jennifer Garner's Garner. character. Yeah. What's his name? Mark. Yeah, it's Mark. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this is fucking wild. Like the moment where he looks at her when he realizes that she's not attracted to him and he goes, how do you think of me? I was like, bro. Like, th- I I remember I was like doing the dishes and I think this was before we even had this conversation. And I kind of, I don't know, for some reason I remembered the movie, maybe like Kimya Dawson came on a playlist or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. he wasn't just hitting on a 16 year old. He was hitting on like a heavily pregnant. Right. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> like- the thing, right? It's not like, <laughs> It's not like you can kind of like understand, I guess, in a way, like whatever's happening between Thoroughby's character, Jen, and the older teacher, like even from like a pervy angle, like it just seems more straightforward. Not that anything really happens there, but you're like, all right, I get it. The like the heavily pregnant Ellen, now Elliot page is fucking wild to me. And it, I didn't even register as shocking. No. When this movie I do, came out. I, I saw it. I remember like being in Boston and waking up in my ex-girlfriend's dorm bedroom late to go see Juno in theaters with my friend Crystal from college. And none of us saying anything about that shit when we went to lunch afterwards. It's it's because I you know I really think it's because like media was like oversaturated with like this weird like weird sexual content that it didn't even like like all you could really see or like invest in is like well who's gonna end up with who and then all these taboos at some point became like we became kind of numb to them because you know I remember like there like in Napoleon Dynamite like I was kind of curious like is Uncle Rico ever going to you know like are we ever going to see an on-screen relationship there right and Mm -hmm. watching it now i'm like that's that's some really creepy shit but but it's because like we're so over like at the time you're so overloaded with everything else like all you're really curious about is like well you know what is this character going to do and you don't really think about the consequences and realizing that switch was such a crazy moment for me yeah well i also think that there's this other thing that's happened where it's just sort of like i really think that Porn is this big like ventilation space for what otherwise would end up as like a weird tension in another piece of media. So like porn just has like a ton of incest things now, very straightforwardly. Right. Like I was reading some reporting on this the other day, like the phenomenon of like the like stepmom or step sibling porn thing is just like through the fucking roof. And it's sort of like how on screen sex stuff also just like stops happening once like Pornhub gets really popular. <laughs> it's like no one cares, right? Like I remember when I was a kid, and it was a big deal that you had to see both of Halle Berry's boobs in the movie Swordfish. And now it's like, why who gives a shit? You can see tits whenever you want. Right. I mean, I, I, I will also say like, not, you know, not only is on screen sex kind of dissipating, but so are these like 
very like subtle, tender moments that again, I think appear surprisingly in all three films. I think like best yeah. characterized by like, you know, Polly Bleeker holding Juno's underwear in his hand. And it's not a creepy, weird thing. It's like, you know, he he loses his virginity or they lose their virginity both in the beginning of the film. And for him, for her, she's doing this thing that was very sort of, you know, common to talk about at that time. Like, oh, I just need to get it over with. But it was a really like significant thing for him. And I, I, I feel like the movie is really like her realizing that, you know, her growth is that was significant. And I do love mm. this boy. And this wasn't just getting it over with. And this wasn't just sex wasn't just this casual throwaway thing. It had consequences. Uh, you know, I have a relationship with this person. But like that, that very subtle scene, you don't you don't see scenes like that in films anymore. Because no one, first of all, not to completely derail, but people don't know how to write scripts anymore. Just yeah. like soup to nuts. Like they don't know how to, this, that subtlety doesn't, exist and also story structure doesn't exist but it just wouldn't it wouldn't resonate you know the attention span of the viewer is different and you know i think that's what makes these even though these films are so corny and like i think like pretentious in a lot of ways oh those little details yeah those like little details make it make them so human and again like very surprised that like you know napoleon dynamite has a lot of little scenes like that where I have a weird background with Napoleon Dynamite. I saw it in theaters 12 times, right? I'm no rewatching way. it today. Yeah, I'm rewatching it today for the first time since 2004, 2005. And I'm like, why did I like this so much? And we get to the end and I'm, I'm weeping and I'm like, this is why I liked it so much because it is such a good movie on the emotional resonance level, even if as a film, as you know, the craft of filmmaking, it's kind of like whatever. It makes no sense. <laughs> Nothing really happens. It's like, well, yeah. So I think, you know, the interesting thing about like the the Juno thing is that it's like a movie about basically becoming an adult. And what's interesting is that like the Jason Bateman character, Mark, sort of refuses to really accept that he's the adult that he is. Right. He's clearly locked in this nostalgia trap about his own glory days in the early 90s as a musician. Whereas, like, even if he's still.